Are you ready to unapologetically unleash your bold and define your life, money, and business? Define You Radio Class is in session with host the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace, brings you the stories behind the glory. Hear from women and men who decided that life didn't define them. They were going to define themselves. Pen and papers ready. Class is now in session. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, and welcome everyone to Define You Classes in Session. I am your host, the Southern Belle of Bold Valencia Griffin Wallace. If this is your first time listening, welcome to class. You can connect with the show at defineuradio.com. For everyone else, thank you so much for joining us again. If you guys kind of missed the live shows the last two weeks, some of you know I recently took an epic road trip and went and spoke for the first time internationally in Canada, which was quite an interesting experience. I actually discovered I was scared of snow. And it sounds funny, probably sounds really funny to people that are in states where it snows, but You guys, I am the Southern Belle of Bold right here in Louisiana. We don't do snow or really cold weather. So if you want to kind of hear about my epic uh, snow adventures, make sure you are connected with me on social media where I've been dropping little lives about my experience uh, going to Canada and the snow and everything else that quite interesting. So in today's class, we are discussing women in business with our guest, Donya Zimmerman, who I've been acquainted with for some time. I've been on her show and she's been on different things I've done with Define You. So we're quite familiar with each other. She is an awesome person with great information. So make sure you guys grab your pens and papers. Class is now in session. Donya, just to tell you a little bit more about her, is the owner of Powerful Biz Woman and the host of CYA. That doesn't mean the thing you guys are thinking. It stands for Cover Your Assets Radio Show, which I'm sure she'll tell us a little bit more about that. Also a business consultant, mediator, author, and speaker. She conducts workshops on startups and entrepreneurship. I'm getting better with that word, guys. Y'all know I struggle with that with that E word. <laughs> Her books include From Fear to Freedom, and she is currently working on a book entitled Disbarred, Making a Comeback. So we'll definitely talk about those things. In her free time, she likes to have her quality time, which we all should focus on also. Everything is not about taking over the world in business. Yeah, it's good. I want you guys to have a takeover mindset, but enjoy your downtime with your family and friends like Donya. She also enjoys educating women in communities on the importance of entrepreneurship. She is a strong advocate of supporting small businesses, and so much more. So with that being said, guys, let's welcome Donya to the show. 
Thank you, thank you, Valencia, for having me on your show. Um, I'm so excited to be here because you're, you know, you are offering a wonderful platform to fellow um, entrepreneurs, and I thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your show. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for being here, and I'm definitely looking forward to today's show. As you know, 2017 is kind of our we're almost in the middle of 2017 I know a lot of women and men guys I know you're out there so I don't want to ever exclude you but we're talking about women in business today so I know a lot of women want to start businesses they have businesses Um, we're all about our business especially you know women our age I don't know what age group I don't know if you call it like middle age or you know, we're not millennials kind of out of that, but, you know, women around this age group are looking to start and, and do something with business. But before we get into that, Danya, I want to talk about your backstory. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your backstory? Well, for me, um, I've always been an entrepreneur because it has always been difficult for me to really, really find a job that I that wanted me to stay. Basically that's what I'm I'm gonna say. And I think that was God telling me that you are not a nine to five person. Um when I grew up I grew up around strong black women. I was raised by a village of strong black women on my mom's side and on my dad's side. And they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. They saw greatness in me. They saw that, you know, that I wanted something for my life. And they pushed me, all of these women pushed me to become a lawyer. Since the age of seven years old, looking at Perry Mason um, show, I always wanted to be the legal secretary, his legal secretary. I think her name was Daisy. I'm not for sure what her name was. (coughs) Excuse me. And And my mom said, why would you want to be the legal secretary? Why don't you want to be the lawyer like Perry Mason? So I said, oh, okay. And since I was seven years old, I talked about being a lawyer. I was groomed to become a lawyer. All the women in my life groomed me to become a lawyer. They made sure that I didn't get pregnant young. They made sure that I didn't hang out with the the wrong crowd. They made sure that I stayed in school. They made sure that I focused. And I thought that they were trying to deprive me of being a teenager, being a young adult. But, no, they were preparing me for my future so that no matter what happened, I could survive and make it. So I became a lawyer. I passed the bar when I was around, I believe, 27 or 28. Um, I couldn't find a law firm to hire me. I went on so many interviews. And then again, my grandmother and my mother said, why are you trying to work for somebody? Why don't you start your own law practice? And that's what I did. I started out doing pro bono cases, free cases, um, through different organizations because, you know, people were like, in order for you to grow your business, you have to give something of value. You have to network. And that's when I learned the value of giving. The more you give, the more you receive. And I was in practice, I had my law practice for at least 10 years, 10 to 15 years. But the problem was 
I never learned. I learned how to be a good litigator, a good lawyer, but I never learned how to be a businesswoman. I never learned how to properly run a law practice. So I was taking advice from people who never owned a business, from people who never had their own law practice. I was taking the wrong advice from the wrong people. And long story short, I I was disbarred for not handling clients' funds correctly. I was disbarred for not handling clients' cases. And, and the reason why is because I clocked out, because I was trying so hard to run a law practice by myself. I was hiring people, but I was not hiring the right people. So I had to give that practice up. And it took me about three years to reinvent myself because when you have been groomed to be something, you don't know nothing else. I didn't know anything else but to be a lawyer, a family law lawyer and a bankruptcy attorney. I knew nothing else. So I had to take three years I lost my law license in 2012. I had to walk through the wilderness because God said you got to walk through the wilderness to get rid of all of this baggage. You are carrying so much baggage with you. I cannot take you to the next level in your life until you get rid of this baggage. So from 2000, June 2012 till about, I say October, no, September 2015, I had to get rid of that baggage. And I really got rid of that baggage when I wrote my the book analogy that Teresa Halley Howard allowed me to be a part of from Fear to Freedom. And my chapter was disbarred, making a major comeback. Once I wrote my story down in October 2016, I let go of all the baggage. Like Erica Badu say, bag lady, you have too much baggage. That baggage is going to weigh you down. It's going to hurt your back. And once I let go of that baggage, and once I turned my mess into a powerful message, I was able to release it and become the powerful businesswoman, become the woman I am, become the new business owner I am, become that entrepreneur who knows not only how to serve her clients, but who knows how to run a business. Hmm. In, very, very interesting. You said so many things in, you know, your bio, so to speak, or about Donya. Um, and I want to touch on a few of those things really quick because I know, you know, I know who you are and I know your story. And I only can imagine the mental baggage, not just from the inside out but also from the outside in when you got disbarred you know you I'm sure you heard a lot of got a lot of negative feedback in that situation oh oh yes I did um people especially when you're in the like of the professional field like the legal community medical community financial community they they have certain expectations once you, what I say, once you fall from grace, from glory, everybody scatters. It's like you're, you're like a plague. You're like that tick, that flea that they don't want to be next to. And all of these people that I helped out, that I supported, who I shouldn't have been supporting, I supported them in that time of need, they just ran. I only had a few friends. 
my friend from college, Manier, who's still an attorney, my friend Jackie, who's a legal secretary, and my friend Aretha. They were the only three people besides my family that stuck by me. Everybody else just ran for the hills. And that's one thing I have always learned, that like my grandmother said, you really don't have any friends. A dollar bill is not even your friend. The only true friend you really, really have in life is God. And it was my faith in God that kept me going. Because even some of my family members were looking at me sideways, telling me, oh, you got all that education, but you're not doing nothing with it. Look what happened to you. Da-da-da-da. People wanted to put me down. But I felt like Job. I knew that I had to be stripped of every doubt with me being a lawyer in order for me to become the powerful businesswoman. So losing those friends, having been, you know, have, being made fun of by family and friends, I had to go through that in order to become the powerful businesswoman. I had to go through that in order to be in the position that I am in now. And that's why you are the powerful biz woman, because I know that it's things that you learned as your time, you know, during your time as a lawyer that still serves you today. So, you know, I look at different lessons that we learn in life and we don't look at it as a lesson when it happens, but these are things that end up turning into blessings. You know, we just have to stick it out. So I definitely applaud you for that. And something that I've been saying here lately, and I even spoke on is sometimes you have to lose in order to gain. Because had you not lost that aspect of who you were groomed to be, then you would not have gained who you were supposed to be, which is who you are now. So I definitely applaud you for that. I knew I could imagine it being, you know, something extremely tough. So with that being said, Miss Powerful Biz Woman, which, you know, that's what we're talking about today. Why do you feel that, you know, why the Powerful Biz Woman? Why, why do women need to be in business? For me, um, as a woman, especially that minority woman, especially the political climate, especially that president we have, you cannot rely on jobs. You cannot rely on the government to take care of you. You have to be willing to take care of yourself. And as a child, especially in a black community, when you think about the black community before integration, every black person had some business that they were in. I remember my grandmother telling me stories about men coming around. They called them the rag man, where they would take your old towels and rags, you know, you know, washcloths, and mend them or make something out of them where you could use it for something else. You know, I remember she talking about, especially in Baltimore City, when they had the men come around with their horse wagons with fruit. Black people have always been entrepreneurs, innovators. We have never been given anything. No, nothing has ever been given to us. Yes, people have helped us. Yes, people have given to our causes. But we have been the ones that have been the innovators. If you think about 
everything that we use, a person of color has put their 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 signature on it. A person of color have invented. We have. I didn't even know when I saw the movie Hidden Figures about the black woman who helped put the men on the moon, helped them go to Neil Armstrong. I, I kind of sensed that we had something to do with it, but you know how they hide everything we do. So for me, it's very important, especially as women. We have two things, again, especially if you're a woman of color. You're a woman of color and you're a woman. That's two things against you. So why are you trying to make sure that someone else reach the benefits of your gifts and talents, and why not reap the benefits of your own gifts and talents? And for me, small businesses help to grow and sustain, sustain the local community. That's why I love the fact that women are in business, that women want to be in business. If you look at the developing countries, the first thing that they do, because the woman is the center of the earth, we all come from a woman. We don't come from a man. They help, but women, and you think of it, womb, W-O-M-B. That's why they say woman, for your womb. Everything comes from us. Everything is born from within us. And that's why when you think of developing countries, they always make it important to educate the woman and to help the women start their own businesses. Because now society is realizing that without women, there's not much success. Wow. That I agree with parts of that, definitely. And I do think it's important, especially if we look at certain statistics about, you know, single parent households or households that are led by women. I know personally, when I had my son, I was technically a single parent and I worked two jobs to take care of him because I was determined to make it and I worked a lot of my life but I always knew deep down I wasn't meant to work for other people and I do believe some of us are we're born with that we're we're born knowing we're supposed to be business owners and it's it's a lot that comes with that so I'm going to ask you this question then I'm going to add my tidbits because society has a habit of asking you you know friends or family you know well what do you do or who do you work for and when you tell them you work for yourself they kind of give you a look like you started speaking another language So what are some of the myths that comes with being a woman in business, or what are some of the myths that you've heard? One of the main myths that I've heard is that people will think that you have a hobby. They think that you're lazy because, you know, you you can schedule your time according to what you need to do for your to-do list as the um, owner of your own business. And people don't understand you. Like my dad said, you are a a unique creature. People don't understand entrepreneurs. They don't understand us. 
That's the main thing. People have no concept or clue of who an entrepreneur is, who is a business owner. And why do you think why do you think that is in today's day and age? We know somebody has to have started a business that a lot of people work for. Why do you think when it's a woman in business that we kind of get that oh you're really doing nothing type conversation or whatever? Because people still have that stereotype that woman should not be the boss, basically. <laughs> they feel that women should stay at home. Take, and this still goes on because when I was a family law attorney, Valicia, I had women where their husbands dominated their lives so bad that when their husband decided to get a younger version of their wife, these women had no clue what to do. They didn't have their own bank accounts. They didn't have access to the, the finances. The husband handled everything. And I was like, wow, is this 1950s Leave it to Beaver? You know, Brady Bunch? I dream of, you know, you know, Bewitch? I'm like, wait a minute. I was, and I was shocked. But then I had to realize, and these were not just women from different cultures. These were American women, white women, black women, Asian women that were born and raised in America. And I remember one Spanish young lady that I was mentoring, her father was mad at her because she was in college. And in their culture, you don't even, a girl is not even supposed to finish high school. She is supposed to get married at 15, 16 and have babies. And her father hmm. disowned her because she was graduating from college and she got accepted to Georgetown University Law School on a full scholarship. And they were mad at her because they felt that she was trying to be a man and not a woman. Because for hmm. some people, being a woman is being a wife and having babies for men, basically. And <laughs> I've gotten that a lot where people have asked me, are you gay? Wow. Because I chose my career over getting married and having children. Mm. And it's crazy. It's fun. It it is. And one of the things and I see that with, you know, different cultures, some things are different, some things are the same. But society has a certain expectation of women and even if you exactly. look at even if you look at like where let's say the woman is, you know, making the money, she's a business owner or whatever. And they do have men that stay at home. You know, I only could imagine what it's like to live in that type of situation. You know, I'm pretty sure no one agrees because that's not the quote unquote typical situation, but it's a new day and a new age and you have to build yourself and your family the way that works for you. And frankly, I like having control of my own time. But I'm going to tell you, one of the things that I, I've i realized, people think because you own your own business that you have time for them, that you are exactly. doing nothing. So that, that means that they can randomly call you or or ask you to do different things because you own your own business. But 
I think that, you know, I know in my situation, I work more in my business than I ever worked working for somebody else. Exactly. You are absolutely right because, like in my family, if I stay upstairs in my room because I do not have a TV in my room, and I live with my dad and my grandmother, and it's a perfect fit. But if I stay in my room, like right now I'm doing your radio show, and I've been up here since about 5 o'clock. I took a little nap. I did some promotion and marketing, and I wrote out some ideas that just popped in my head. I'll go downstairs, and my grandmother will say, you been sleep all that long? <laughs> and I'm like, no, Grandma. I was working on my business. And they have this misconception that, you know, sometimes my room is my sanctuary to focus on my business. That's why I do not have the TV in here. I go downstairs, spend quality time with Grandma, look at TV, and I come in my room to do work. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And then um, they think I should be the caregiver for my grandmother by myself Mm. because they feel I have a more flexible. One, I'm single, no kids, I don't have a husband. But I'm like, no, it doesn't work like that. We Mm -hmm. all got to work together. They just think because you're a business owner, like you said, Valicia, your time is their time. Wow. That that's like one hundred percent who I know a lot of women and, and men that have their own businesses, especially when you work from home. I think a lot of people have that misconception. Like here at my home office slash studio, I have a note on the on my door saying when the door is closed, please knock because I may be on a call or a radio show or something like this is my home office. So when I come here, it's just like I leave and physically go somewhere else. So definitely, I think that is a struggle, so to speak, that some people have to deal with is making other people put some respect on their business. (laughs) (laughs) I know where you got that from. Right, right. Well, you know, he's uh, from New Orleans, so I'm like 20, 30 minutes from New Orleans. So, yeah, I understand that respect with the K, you know, put some respect Mm -hmm. on my business and on my time. So if if a woman comes to you and says, Donya, I really want to start a business. I want to be my own business owner my own business woman, person, I want to take over the world. What is the first thing you would tell them? The first thing I would tell them is hire a life coach. Don't mm. hire a business coach, but hire a life coach. Because one, or get a mentor who can be a life coach for you. If you can't afford a life coach, go to SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, and meet with a business mentor. The reason why I say that to get a life coach or a business mentor is because the first thing they will ask you, do you have your personal life in order? Because in Mm. order for you to be successful in your business life, you have to be successful in your personal life because they coincide with each other. That's why in 2012, I could not be the powerful biz woman in my business life because my personal life was a mess. I had to take care of everything regarding losing my law practice, take care of that mess. 
before I could become the powerful businesswoman. And it's going to take time because when you're running a business, especially if you're a woman like you, Valencia, who's married with kids, you have to sit down and talk to your husband, talk to your spouse, even if you're a man, talk to your spouse, talk to your children, and create a plan to include them in your business life, to let them know how much quality time you will be able to spend with them, to let them know what your business idea is. Because if you let them into your business idea, into into what you're doing with your business, like for me, my business partner is my dad. A lot of stuff, Mm. he pays for a lot of my expenses for me right now, and I appreciate him. That's my buddy. He gets on my nerves, I get on his nerves, but he knows what I'm doing. He understands what I'm doing. And when I'm going through stuff, I go to him. So you got to make sure that you have that family member that you can go to. Like, I love when you show pictures of your husband supporting you. When I see my other lady friends on Facebook with their husband supporting them, the guy, you know, my guy friends who are business, I love when they say, this is my wife, my partner. In crime. I love that. So that's why I say hire a life coach to help you get your your personal life in order. Because if you don't have that personal life in order, you won't have the mental mindset to be able to be a business owner. Mm. I'm, it's funny that you say that because I was just having this conversation, I want to say earlier today or yesterday, about people who don't have spouses that support them. And to me, that's like a, a, that's no bueno. That's no good. You know, as, as spouses, we're partners. Now, my husband considers himself a silent partner. That That's what he says all the time. He's the silent partner. But, but he supports mm-hmm. my vision and what I'm doing 150%. I couldn't see it any other way. But I know there's women and men in that situation where they're not supported by the one person that should support them. And I know you said your dad is your partner and he supports you. How important do you think it is to that personal success factor to that, you know, professional success. How do you, how important is it to have some sort of support system? It's very important because for me, I am so excited because I met my business partner for life, Alina Lopez Thomas. I met her because she and another person she was in put business with, they were going to do stuff together. They asked me to be the keynote speaker at their event in November in Boston, Massachusetts. This woman, Valicia, did not know me from Adam or Eve. She allowed me to stay in her house so I wouldn't have to spend money on a hotel because they asked me to be their keynote speaker two weeks before the event. I was going to go to the Maxwell because that's my husband and my in my other auto life, in my dream life, him and Mary J. Blige were coming to Baltimore. So I was mm. like, so I was like, so you want to put money in your imaginary husband's pocket to grow his dreams, but you're not going to fuel your dreams? You better go to Boston. And I understood what God was doing. He partnered me with Alina. And because of Alina, I had the virtual um, 
virtual Ultimate Biz Boot Camp that was a success, and now we have the two-day Ultimate Biz Conference. And God told me, this is your business partner that you're going to be working with for life. And since me and her have been business partners, I have been coming up with ideas to grow my business. Because of her, I came up with the idea to do my revamp my radio show and make it a real, you know, a live radio show like yours. Um, because of her, I decided to write another book, you know, with Teresa Howard Halley, and then I'm going to do a book tour, talking about this bar making a major comeback. And I hired a um, PR person. So when you find that right person who can support you, whether it's your spouse, your best friend, your sister, your mother, your father, make sure that relationship is cool because they're going to be with you because they know. My father knows. I joke with him and say I'm going to put him in the basement when he get old, but he knows this girl going to be a multimillionaire because, man, you talked about this before when you had your um, your class that I was a part of. I told myself I'm going to be a multimillionaire by the time I'm 50. And I'm working towards it. And you do need partners because being a business owner, it's not an, you cannot be on an island on your own. You have to mm-hmm. be on land with a good support system. And it's, it's hard. Um, it's hard to find the right business partners and the right collaborations and connections. But I would encourage people not to, give up. You know, yeah, you may run across some people with the wrong intentions, but that doesn't, you know, like they say, one monkey doesn't spoil a show or ruin a show or whatever with the monkey in the show. The show doesn't stop because of one monkey. Exactly. (laughs) So when we talk about Okay, so let's say someone has their personal life together. They feel complete. What would be the next step? Because I know a lot of people get into those, like, net, I guess you call them, like, network marketing situations yeah. where, um, or MLMs, whatever you call them. And then some people just, you know, start their own thing. What do you see as being the pros and cons to both situations? Well, um, for your first question, the next step after you have a life coach, get you a business coach. And if you can't afford it, that's what SCORE is, C-O-R-E dot org. They will have business coaches that will talk to you for free, business mentors. Start with that and write out your business plan. And your business plan don't, doesn't because when I took the course, they were teaching us how to write 30-page business plan. But your business plan can be five pages where you just write out your business idea. Because once you write it out, Valencia, it's reality to you. And you don't no longer have excuses as to why you are not implementing this business plan. Once you write it out, it's time for you to set the goal, goal plan and to implement that goal plan. And for me, I think a business coach will help you figure out what is the best business for you. But some people, like like you said, the networking MMIs, I don't particularly like those because to me, this is my personal experience, it seems like a, a Ponzi scheme. Like, for example, it's this company called It Works. 
And every time I get a fan request on Facebook, people will friend me, and I'm thinking they're friending me for us to get to know each other, to collaborate later. The first thing, oh, would you like to be an It Works distributor? Would you like to sell It Works? And I have to be blunt. You are like the 50th person that sells It Works that's trying to get me on their team. And I don't like that. That just doesn't work for me. Maybe that's good for you where you are part of a distributor and that's you love to sell. I'm not a salesy type person. So for me, that's why I always tell people, write out your plans of what you want to do for your business. Do not, like I did with my law practice, I made the mistake of allowing people to tell me how to run my business. And that's why a business coach is much needed. Yeah, I get those inboxes too. And they're always very, you know, from different people doing different things. And I don't knock anyone's hustle, but it's kind of like marriage. You just don't meet somebody on Thursday and marry them on Friday. No, date me first, you know, date, take me out to eat a little bit first. Let's talk and get to know each other first. And then we could see if we're compatible or if your products are compatible or whatever in that nature. But I know there's benefits, there's pros and cons to, to both sides of, you know, whether you do an MLM or whether you just jump ship and do your own thing. So I would advise anybody just to look and see what works best for you. And I mean, that's my, my take on it. Cause I know a lot of people that do do that. And I'm like, you know, do what's best for you. I'm not interested in selling other people's stuff. So, you know, I have to work on selling my own. So that's my, my whole take on that. Now, when you see women that, they're ready to start their business. They they have their business plan. They are motivated and and gung ho. You know what do you? Why do you think people give up in before they even really get started? I would say that. You know why do a lot of them? A lot of people just give up. They don't cross the finish line to actually start a business. I think people give up because they think that they're going to, they they look for instant gratification. That's what our society has taught us, that if you cannot get what you want within the next, actually next 30 seconds, look at the commercials, how quickly they go. They only 30-second commercials, no more than 60 seconds. And we're in a society with instant gratification, not realizing that um, that you got to work at your at what you want. And another thing is we compare ourselves to other people a lot. And we don't know their backstory. And then once you learn a person's backstory, you're like, well, dang, they, they, they're doing exactly what I'm doing. So if they're doing what I'm doing and they're at this level, they did what I did, what I'm doing right now, and they're at that level, wow, what I'm doing is okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay the course. But a lot of times, a lot of successful people will tell you, oh, I can help you make $10,000 a month, but they don't tell you how many systems they had to be take, put in place in order to make $10,000 in sales a month. They don't tell you that. That's why I gravitate to people like you 
I gravitate to women in business like you, like Lisa Nichols, other people I follow, because they tell me their backstory. And it's one business coach that I really, really love and that I gravitate because she was the one that helped me get the title to the book that I'm doing, to the book analogy that I did, This Spark Making a Major Comeback, because her backstory was similar to mine, and she was not ashamed to share her backstory. Mm-hmm. And that's why I hired her when I did, and that's why I continue to follow her, because I realized that she never gave up. So why should I? And I tell people, don't ever give up on your dreams. Every successful person was not an instant success. And some people who have had instant success, unfortunately, they died young because they were burnt out. But if you get that success that takes time, you won't burn out so easily. Agreed, agreed. And it's, you know, everybody puts be good, you know, on social media or different things like that. But I tell people, you know, everything that you see, you know, I had to do a couple of 2.30 mornings. I've done 5 a.m. mornings. There's a whole lot of years of the back end to now you're seeing the front end. And a lot of women, uh, you know, and I know it's a natural woman thing almost. You know, we compare ourselves, but – just like people that will look at me now and see the size I am now, I will tell them, go back to those old posts on Facebook where I posted pictures of when I was heavier. So this was not like I woke up like this situation. I had to work to get physically where I am. Even with my business, that is work. You know, I don't just wake up and every, it's like uh, Snow White and birds are around singing and things are prepared for me and everything else. No, it's work. So if you want to eat, you got to be willing to hunt and hunt daily. You have to be willing to hunt daily. I don't know what other way to to put it, but you have to continuously go and continuously motivate yourself and not give up. And I think a lot of people give up because they underestimate how much work it takes to be successful. Your thoughts? You are exactly right. Um, because it's difficult. People people don't want to put some people do not want to put in the work. You have to put in the work. Like for me, um I I was gonna hire a coach because I want to take my business to the next level. She did an um, inventory of everything I was doing, and she said, Donya, certain things you're doing is okay, certain things you're not doing is not okay. And I agreed with her, but then I didn't think it out, that I had my event coming up in Boston, so I had money tied up in that. I have a lot of speaking engagements coming up this summer, so I got to pay for those. So I had to step back and tell her, look, Ebony, I want to hire you as my coach to take me to the next level, but I have too much monetary obligations right now with my business, but I will be ready for you in mid-September. And that's my commitment to her. You know, like 
some people, I'll get their information for their services, and they'll get mad at me. Well, you said, you know, I said, yes, I will use your services. Like the PR person I hired to help me with the event, she said, Don, you were absolutely right. You kept in contact with me. You you liked everything I did. You came to support stuff, and you said, I can't use your services right now, but I know I'll need them in the future. And now she's the PR person helping to promote my event in Boston. And that's another thing as business owners, we got to think things through. It's okay. You may say yes in the beginning, but it's okay to say no when you look at everything, when you sit down and write it out, do an inventory of the finances, the time, and the, the effort it will take to do something. It's okay to say, well, let me put this on the back burner and focus on this. And that's what I had to do. I had to focus on all of these speaking engagements in my event that I have coming up this summer. And God told me, Donya, when you go back to teaching in September, that will be your focus, is to focus on your business coach, um, Ebony, to take your business to the next level. But right now, you need your money for all of these events that you have coming up this summer. And it's okay to do that. And somebody gets upset with you, let them get upset with you. You got to do what's best for you as an entrepreneur. And I think being a person in business, whether you have a business or you want to start a business, you really have to practice discernment and be willing to make those tough decisions. And that means saying yes to certain things and saying no to certain things. And guess what? You don't have to explain. (laughs) You don't have to, you know, have to explain you know it's not the time or no thank you or because you will run across a million and one opportunities but I do believe the opportunity that is for you will come at a time you are ready for it and that's something we definitely need to consider as business people or women that's wanting to start a business so Donya, what was that defining moment, as I like to say? What was that defining moment when you said, okay, I'm going to start a business? What happened to make you go ahead and know that was the thing you were supposed to do? First of all, Valencia, I want you to thank you for that that, um, message you gave me. That is okay to say no and don't explain yourself because that's a bad habit I have. I'll say yes, and then I'll say no, and then I'll have to explain myself. Thank you for that. Now I'm going to just say, (laughs) no, it's not the right time. That's what I'm talking about. When you surround yourself with the right people, they give you great advice. Take that advice. That's another thing as a um, business owner. Make sure that your support system is people who will give you constructive constructive criticism and not be yes mans and yes sirs to you. Surround yourself Mm. with people who will make you think, people who make you grow. And for me, what made me realize to be a business owner was that my grandmother told me, I always used to ask me and my younger brother, Derek, who she calls her baby boy, because she raised him since he was five and I was 12. Um, We always asked her, Grandma, out of all the grandkids, why are you so hard on us? And she said it specifically, that... She expect more from us because we have gifts and talents, and we're not like anybody else. 
That's why she's hard on us because she knows that we have these dreams because my brother has his own record company. And, you know, she said, you guys have dreams and you live out your dreams. Sometimes I got to get on you to keep you motivated, but you live out your dreams. And that's when I realized that I am not a nine-to-five person, and I love people who work jobs because they sustain the economy as well. But for me, I'm a maverick. I'm a business owner. I'm a female entrepreneur, and that's who I am, and that's who I'm going to be till the day I die. And that my defining moment was when my mother and grandmother told me, why do you want to work for people? Why don't you work for yourself? Hmm. I love that. I love that. I My defining moment, I think, was birth. I never, I always had a problem with working. I've always worked, but I've always had a problem with working because I always felt like I was smarter than the people who were writing my checks. <laughs> and that was, now whether that was a little of my ego or whether it was a true statement, I don't know, but I always felt that I was smarter than them. And it, but I took working as lessons, as things I would and would not do. And I promise I said I would work until my son made 18 until until he graduated high school. After that, I am doing my own thing and and I actually started doing my own thing before then, but I was still working. But once he graduated high school, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And that's what worked for for me. That's what worked for me. And I'm not a 9 to 5 person because if you know me, I don't like getting up in the mornings. I just, it's not, you know, it's not normal for me. And I'm working on that. I'm working on trying to get up in the mornings, but I've never been a morning person. And I was like, I do not want to have to get up early for less than a million dollars. So working other people's job wasn't going to do that. So that was, I guess, my defining moment. So, Danya, I know you're currently working on a book project. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, basically, the book project I'm working on, um, the first part of it, um, I, I used it as an insert in the um, From Fear to Freedom book analogy with um, Teresa um, Haley Howard. This Bart making a major comeback. And then she has another book analogy that I'm doing, the three P's. I think it's passion, profit, and purpose. And I talk about how to use a business plan to to grow your business. So that's going to be part of it. But for me, this bar making a major comeback, um, it's going to be more of a book to encourage people to get that willpower within them to start over. It's like a second chance book. It's like a um, the comeback kid because that's how I see myself. I see myself as the comeback, and I look at all that I've been through from 2012 to about 2016 and all that I have accomplished since 2015, 2016. I have come a mighty long way, 
And I thank God for that. So my book, Disbarred, Making a Major Comeback, is going to be for people who may have failed at something, but I want them to know that if I can make it, I know you can make it. And I know since I've been connected with you, I've seen you grow, and I'm very proud to see you. And like I tell you, you know, I'm watching. I'm watching. And I've definitely seen you grow and do more things. And you're being a perfect example of what you talk about and what, you know, what you're about. And I think that's the job as speakers and motivators and and coaches and mentors live the life that you want others to live live the life that you are encouraging others to live live the actual life behind the scenes that you do on the scene so to speak you know I couldn't motivate encourage and speak to people about confidence if I wasn't confident in my personal life and I've heard people tell me, you know, that when they meet me in person, you're exactly who you are on Facebook or wherever they're connected with me. And and I will tell them I don't have time to be anybody else, you know. So I just want to applaud you for being who you are and doing what you're doing and definitely living life by with an example. So if people want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Because I want to make sure we get that information in. Well, um, for me, the best way to connect with me is Facebook because, um, you know, I'm a Facebook <laughs> junkie. So the best way to connect with me is Facebook. Go to my Facebook page, Powerful Biz, D-I-Z as in zebra woman. And um, if you want to hit me, just leave me a message there. I also have a website. Um, I'm getting another website done, but this is I had to do something, and it's um, powerfulbizwoman.weebly.com. Powerfulbizwoman, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com, if you want to get in contact. My email address is D as in Donya Zimmerman, 36 at gmail.com. My phone number is 443 635 Four five five seven, and that's how you can get in contact with me if you need a business coach. And I work with women and men on the startup phase of business and covering your assets while in business. Mm. And you guys know that her information will also be in the show notes. So just in case you didn't catch that, it will be on the show notes so you'll be able to get in touch with her from there. And I definitely advise you guys to connect with her. She does some live videos and a lot of different things, helpful information. I love her. She's on the show. You guys know I'm particular about who I bring on. So that, like, gives her a stamp of she has, she's, like, define you approved. <laughs> so, Darnia, you so much. You're you're awesome and, and I'm like I said, I'm just so proud of just watching you move and do it and so yay you. What tip would you what tip or quote would you like to leave the audience with today? Um for me, um be the comeback kid. You gonna fall and fail so many times, it's not even funny. 
Be the comeback kid that you were intended by God to be. God is a God of second chances, and that's that's what I, all I have to say. Be that comeback kid. Don't allow your failures to define you. Define your failures. Use them to grow in your personal life and in your business life. Mm. Well, thank you so much for that. Well, guys, if you enjoyed today's class with guest Donya Zimmerman, let us know on Define You Radio's Facebook page and stay connected with Define You by subscribing on iTunes and or Google Play. I don't know whether you're a, a I person or an Android person, but Define You Radio is there. If you want to learn more about defining your life, join us in the Define You movement on Facebook where class is in session seven days a week. You guys know I'd like to end the show with a quote. Today's quote comes from Peter Drucker. Whenever you see a successful business, someone once made a courageous decision. So you guys think about that. And remember, only you can define you. Pens and papers down. Class is officially over until next time.